0: Happy Mother's Day, yes. All right, gentlemen. Let's, uh let's let's make this pivot. What's on the table today? What are we talking about today? Yes. All right. All right. Well, listen.
1: Today, we, you know, as we look, you know, as your mom shared, she learned so much about the church. Uh, Doctor Henry, we we are excited that that is one of the best things that we can do is to help educate and, and build up the members of our church. And so today we're we in a season of leadership changes. We're in a season of leadership changes. And so we thought we would do a, sh- a show on leadership, how we choose leaders. And so this is a constituency show to give some information on that. And so we're excited to have put it as part of our church leadership series, uh, how we choose choosing leaders in the Seventh-day Adventist church.
0: Awesome. All right. And so Dr. Henry, that's what's on the table today. Who is at the table today? Oh
2: man. Listen, we have two powerhouses again at the table. First of all, we have Dr. Hubert Morrell. He was president of the Great Southeastern Conference for uh, around eight years, and then he was secretary of the Southeastern Conference. He served in the community services, and he has pastored some of our um, thriving churches here in the conference. And then the Lord just said, listen, we want to take your talents and we want to push you to another area of the vineyard. And so now he serves at the Mid-American Union as the secretary. And so we are just so happy to have Dr. Hubert Morrell with his wealth of experience coming onto the round table today. And then we have another powerhouse, P- Pastor Paul. Pastor All right, This is, listen, if you are in trouble, you need to call this man. We have a lawyer in the house today, Dr. John Washington. He is, not only does he practice law, he has a private practice. Areas include probate and estate. But he's also a professor. Teaches. He's also a professor at the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University School of Business and Industry. And not only that, Do- Dr. John Washington served in the Constitutional Bylaws Committee uh, for many years. So he is familiar with the, the bylaws, the inner workings of the church. And it's so good to have his expertise right here at the table. We have
0: some good people here at the table. Hey, awesome. Well, listen, um, let's have a word of prayer, and let's just go ahead and jump in. Let's jump in. Father in heaven, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So let's go ahead and hop right into this, guys. Uh, Who's up first?
2: All right. All right. Uh, are we going to give them a few seconds just to talk a little oh, bit yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got
0: to do that. Go ahead, yeah, Doc. Yeah, let's do that. So, uh, um, Dr. Morell, we often give our guests uh, a little time just because we didn't read your whole bio and tell them everything about you. Um, if there's something you'd like to share with the audience, we're going to get now. Y'all, you're a preacher, so we're going to cut your time in half because we know how preachers <laughs> do. Um, so, yeah. so, so we're going to give you 39.7 seconds. Uh, 39.7 Seven seconds, you can say whatever you want. In these seconds, just let the folk know a little bit about you. Shout out whoever you want. The time is yours, Doc.
3: I want to thank God, first of all, for the opportunity to be alive, uh, to be st- to still be in the work. Uh, this past January, I celebrated my 40th year in ministry. Oh, wow. Um, I, I'm not a young man. You you guys seem to be afraid to share your age. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm 62 just too old years to
0: remember old. mine. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm, I'm 62. So I thank God uh, that he has preserved me this long. Uh, it was an honor to receive the call to serve in the Mid-America Union. Uh, it, it's a totally different um, uh, area. It's the Midwest. Um, getting accustomed to the Midwest. We got here in January of this year. Uh, it snowed just about every weekend um at one point it was 17 uh inches of snow uh then it moved into uh, 31 below zero and so we're, we're we're getting acclimated to the Midwest um mm-hmm. and so th- this this weekend uh as a gift to my wife we took a a long weekend we went to Mount Rushmore uh to visit uh the statues the monuments and oh, wow. we learned it when we were kids moving to the midwest has given me an opportunity now to go visit those and see it live so i'm thankful to be in ministry i'm thankful that i've been asked to be part of this uh, pastor's round table uh, to share uh what god has shared with me and so i'm here i'm excited
0: all right, all right. Glad to have you with us, Doc and John. Uh, Mr. Washington Esquire, we're going to give you, um, the uh five seconds that uh Dr. Morell left on the table for you. No, <laughs> you take the time. <laughs> I got that. So, that, that that's my old president. Like, Y'all forgive me. I'm just Mr. messing with him. you. Have
3: not <laughs>
4: I am thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to be here to discuss this um, issue of importance. Um, having grown up in this conference and watched leaders over the years all the way back to uh, Elder Edge Cone mm, when, right. when the conference was founded, all the way through uh, Pastor Morell's presidency and uh, Pastor Mack and now pa- Pastor uh, Owusu, uh, it's just been a quite an amazing experience. We mentioned earlier and I've served on the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. Um, I served with uh, Pastor Morell uh, when he was secretary of South Conference and then uh, uh, served two terms since then. I also had the opportunity to privilege uh, to serve as a parliamentarian to the last three sessions of uh, constituency sessions. So this is a topic that I have spent some time thinking about. Um, and ruminating over, so hopefully my um, I won't get too verbose uh, in my opinions, uh, which which I'd like to believe are well formed, but we'll see. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity, pastors.
0: All right, so awesome to have you both with us today. We are honored. All right, Dr. Henry.
2: Let's go. Uh, you know, I'm still looking at Roger's screen. I still see a picture uh, of his mom up there. You go. <laughs> Okay, right. Praise God, praise God. Yes, yes. All right, well, let's get to the first question. So choosing leadership in our church. In fact, um, now uh, there's so many uh, sessions that um, have taken place, I think the last couple of uh, months and then uh, next year, wow, just a lot of sessions that are gonna take place within our uh, work. And uh, we know that uh, choosing leadership is multifaceted, looking at it from different perspectives. Uh, Within the Seventh-day Adventist Church though, we use this term constituency session, constituency session. So I I wanna know from you all, and we'll start with uh, John Washington, Dr. Washington there, please define this constituency session.
4: What does that mean? You know, that's an interesting question. It's it's not found in the dictionary uh, that I have discovered, but uh, when we go to the constitution and bylaws of the Southeastern Conference, for example, which uh, uh, as of the 2016 session, uh, really closely parrots the uh, model constitution that's found in the NAD working policy, the constituency session, we can, we can, Come to a definition of constituency session when we read what the Constitution says the delegates are gathered to do. So I define uh, constituency session as um, uh, something that's provided for in the Constitution uh, as a meeting of the duly accredited regular delegates and delegates at large of the Southeastern Conference uh, when meeting at a duly called meeting to address specified items of business to include election of church leaders departmental directors executive committee etc
0: okay um uh so John I, I'm so so let me let me just repeat that back to you um, and, and, and the way that I heard it, I understand it. So the constitu- the uh, constituency session is a gathering of elected delegates from the various uh, constituent parts of the conference, which is namely churches, right? So exactly. churches elect uh, delegates, they come to usually a, a physical spot to elect officers at the conference level, if we're talking That's about exactly. a conference constituency.
4: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, but but delegates, uh, we would be remiss if we excluded delegates at large, which are uh, uh, members who have voice and vote privileges, like elected delegates, um, who, who represent or present by position, uh, whether uh, uh, employees of the of the conference or the union or the division. Um, these delegates at large with all uh, our voice and vote privileges at the, uh, at the regular session. And so, and so essentially, then the constituency session is a gathering of the duly elected representatives selected by their churches to serve in the capacity to uh, be their voice to select leaders uh, for the conference.
0: Okay. So that's how it works on a conference level. Elder Morrell, is that the same when we say constituency session and we're thinking on a, on a union level or on a division level, is that very fairly similar to how that works at at those levels or even at a GC level?
3: Yes and no. Um, Let me, let me break it down this way. A constituency session is nothing but a big business meeting for the conference. Okay. Just as a local church has a business meeting and when when I came through, business meetings in local churches, were we were expected to have them once a quarter. Um, I read the manual, it may have been about a year and a half ago, and someone told me that the manual says you got to have a business meeting at least once a year. Oh, wow. Well, I was accustomed to having business meeting once a quarter. Th- that way the church came together and shared business. At the end of the year, the church went into business, they elected officers. Same concept on the conference level and at the union level. The union's constituency meeting does not is not the same in the context where churches elect delegates. On the union level, the conferences select delegates to the union session. So okay. that's, and so my, my dealing now is with the conference executive secretaries based on their membership. They have X amount of delegates, these delegates name coming, they they, they, they're given X amount of lay delegates mm-hmm. and X amount of uh, uh, employees as delegates. Um, but the union level, we don't address delegates from churches we select delegates from conferences. Okay. On the North American division, same concept, it is nothing but a big business meeting, delegates to the North American division come from the unions. And so the division send the list of delegates that would come from Mid-American Union or Southern Union or the Union. And then we sit down and put that list together it's voted by our executive committee, and then it goes to uh, the North American division. So the constituency meeting, as 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 uh, uh, Doc Washington said, yes, it is the, the the gathering of delegates. It is a session for delegates, but they're coming to take care business of that institution.
0: Okay, so it sounds like so. So we were thinking about electing leaders, but it's more than than just electing leaders. It sounds like so there are other that's items cool. on those agenda besides just nominating people to serve in offices.
4: That, yeah, for example. Cool. Yeah, yeah, for
0: example. Oh, go ahead, Pastor. Murrell.
4: No, no.
3: Th- th- what you said is correct. There are other issues to be discussed, um, not just electing officers. One of the one of the damage that we have done over the years and our members in the local churches have come to accept that a constituency session is just to elect the officers of the conference. And it it got to a point that once the president is elected, everybody start heading home. And I you know it is more than just the election of officers. There are other items. The Constitution and bylaws is very critical that it is addressed at a session but most of our members can care less about the constitution bylaws and and the bylaws is what actually governs the conference
0: wow 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 that's huge yeah Mm-mm-mm. Yep. Yes, no,
4: the bylaws should govern the conference.
0: Uh, as as we <laughs> Wait, Hold on. <laughs> Here
4: we go. As President Morell said, that uh, some of those other items include receiving reports from the departmental yes. persons, receiving reports from the CFO. Uh, receiving correct. information about what's transpired in between uh, the last session, these last four years. So, so it is an opportunity that those who have served by proxy, um, the executive committee, the directors, the executive—I mean, the uh, the AdCom—those who have served by proxy uh, inform those who who really have the responsibility of. Of either returning or replacing uh, those who will serve uh, in their stead.
2: Hey, you know what? I, 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 there's a question in the chat. Maybe Dr. Washington um, or, or Dr. Morell. Maybe one of you could tackle it. They, the question is from Cindy. Says, "Is this akin to the Electoral College?" <laughs> you
4: know, you know I'll, I'll jump in there. I'll jump in there. Electoral College. We don't want to get we don't want to get bogged down in that, but. But I will say this, that, that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is organized in a representative a form of government, and President Perel Re- you can speak to this, uh, where churches elect representatives in the form of delegates who go and represent them. If they speak... Uh, they speak on behalf of the conference, but they but they gain their authority to serve in that capacity from the local church. So it's a representative form of government similar to uh, the electoral college. I see sister, I see sister Paul is determined to tie us up and not early on. <laughs> let,
2: me, let me ask this though. So um, the churches elect delegates to represent them. But are we sure that the delegates are going to represent them by communicating the same wishes and desires, or are they just saying, hey, because we have a certain amount of people, we just have to have one person to represent us.
0: Hey, which which, Dr. Henry, which that kind of speaks to George's uh, chaplain, Chaplain Torres's question here. What is the criteria for churches to send up delegates? Are the churches really asking what, what, what Dr. Henry just said, are they asking them to go and to um, convey our wishes on at this event or uh, as the church, or is this just the individual's personal wish or desire? How does that work?
3: They they are coming to represent that local congregation where the local congregation is. However, they are coming not only just to represent that local congregation, they are coming to do business for the conference. That's why they need to be members in good and regular standing. Members who are faithful in the church, members who understand the church dynamic, you don't want to send a person who just got baptized to a constituent secession. You drive them out the church. It has to be someone that is established that understands the dynamic of church affairs.
0: Mercy.
4: And 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 I, if I could add to that, I, I agree with everything uh, President Morell said. Um, and and also that. Um, it is the charge of the delegates. When we look at the manual, when we look at the, the governing documents, it is the charge of the delegates to to think on behalf of the work of the conference. Even That's though correct. they gain the authority to be there, their their opinion, their their voice, their their uh, influence should be used to to add to what is the best, what is the best for the conference or for the union or whoever the body is that they're there, uh, whose business they're there to under correct.
0: All right, all right. All right, well, let's 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 move to the next. Unless no, I, think, else? I think Roger, Roger? wanted to Roger? say something, but oh, he was yeah. muted. Yeah, okay, let's.
2: You were uh, muted, Roger,
1: I saw you. Yeah, go ahead, Roger. Yeah, there we go. Listen, so so the question is this: I, I'm listening, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm excited to hear that. Wow, we represent. We are we are here to represent um, the local church concerns as it affects the conference. In a sense, similar to how we we dialogue at the uh, business. Wh- wh- hold meeting on, at I got to jump level. in,
0: Roger, because that's not what they said. They said they're not there, that, that's what they said. Church, they said they're to represent the no, conference, no, no, no. not the local church. That's what I heard. Well, I, I can we, really represent... <laughs> <and laughs> we don't care about your local church's <laughs> concerns and needs. We don't care about that. We care about the that's conference. Not that's, that's not what, that's what I heard. heard. That's not what I heard. That's We're
3: not what wrong. I
4: heard.
1: not
4: Yeah, I mean, listen, listen, it's
3: dynamic. dynamic. Share the dynamic again. If every delegate from each church comes and they're coming. Just to speak as to what their local church is saying, we're gonna have chaos. Because if you have 120-some churches and you have a hundred and different opinions to be addressed on that day, you're gonna have chaos. They're they're voted by their local church to come and represent their local church in in behalf of the local conference. The issues that address the conference that will benefit their local church. But it is the conference affairs that they're coming to address, not the local church affairs.
4: May I, may I so, add something quickly? May I add something <laughs> quickly to that? I think, I think uh, one way to look at this, and the way I'm saying it and trying to express it, is this that the, the individual, the delegates' opinion is shaped by where they're from. By the church that gave them authority, but their focus at this session must be what is best for the conference.
2: That's right. That's correct. So it's not open mic. You know, why this can't wow. come and say, hey.
1: So, so did I hear that right, Raj? Did I hear it right now? Wow. So so you you just opened up a Pandora's box because as a pastor, when we voted the delegates to go to the conferences session. I really did not have the opportunity to share with the member exactly what they're going there to talk about. So, 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 so my, my, my main question here is this, if I'm listening to what I'm hearing today and what do I do with this information? How do I now go back and kind of say to my pastor, Hey, uh, how do I get the information I need so I can be, uh, be informed? What, what, what is the, what's the course of action? I'm sitting in the pew and I don't hear nothing about the car. All I hear is they need delegates to go. And when you go, you're just voting people in and voting people, you have no clue. Help me, help oh, me. Man. Oh man. That, that is oh, a man. pastor that is
3: that is derelict uh, in his responsibility. Because as a pastor, I do meet with the delegates that have been voted by the church. And I, I'll explain to them the, the dynamics of what a session is I explain to them the dynamics of what is going to happen at the session. I share with them uh, the names of those that are on that's floating around so that they will be aware. Uh, I'll share with them who the incumbents are. I'll share with them the names that are floating, but I am not going to tell them who to vote for or what to say. I allow them to be used by God so that God will let them know what to share. But as a pastor, I always meet with my delegates to share with them what the dynamics are that they're going to see. May That I, is the responsibility of the pastor.
4: May, may I? Uh, may I add something here? Um, I think. I think the reality is is that we have what's the way sessions uh, go in reality, and we have what is ideal or what is what it should be the way it should go. So when we look at the church manual, the church manual speaks to this. It speaks to the duty of delegates. And on page 114 in the 2016 uh, edition of the church manual, uh, the duty of delegates, it says uh, that they're, they're not, uh, they are uh, not chosen to represent merely, merely the church or conference. They should view the work as a whole, remembering their responsibility for welfare of the worldwide work of the church. Now, this is this is instructive as well. Uh, it is not permissible for church or conference delegations to organize or attempt to direct their votes as a unit. And so Pastor Morrell said that that, that the pastor informs, but he does not direct their vote. Right. And I think that's I think that's critical because uh, right. they, we, we come together. We need to, as delegates, be able to speak our conscience. That the Holy Spirit working on each one of us, an individual individually can work to make a collective decision for what's best for the conference.
0: Yeah. It's good to know that that never happens. Uh...
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's a fortunate answer.
3: Can I give you all, can I give you all just a little synopsis? I was young pastor just got married and we had a session in West Palm beach And I wanted to show off my my brand new bride and I went to the session with my bride and I sat her where the wives were supposed to sit And at that session, it was chaos. On the way home, she said to me, honey, I love you, but don't ever ask me to attend another session. (laughs) And you are correct. Sessions have been taken out of context. Yeah. It, it it has become a political arena. We attack people, we 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 beat people over the head. That is not the purpose of the session. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. So there is the ideal and there is the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is we beat people over the head. We we meet with our constituents to tell them who to vote for and who not to vote for. Mm. That that's that's not allowing God to intervene in the
0: process. Yeah. Well, well, here here's here's I think another another um, b- because I, I think even as we say those words, at least in 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 our conference, and this is this is largely we've got four of us on here who either are or or were connected to a single conference, um, and so. What we understand is that, and, and I've come to understand, is that not all conferences handle constituency sessions the same way. That there are different modalities of of, of how the, of what you know the process of how the process takes place. Um, but the next question was uh, was this: explain the process of electing leadership in the church at the various levels. So, with that context in mind, um, it's, that might be somewhat difficult because one conference may use a, a slightly different motali- modality. In general, it's all the same in terms of it's this representative thing where people come and, and they vote. But yet the processes differ sometimes very widely from, from conference to conference. Um, but let's let's do our best at it. Let's take a stab at it. Explain, explain the process of electing leadership uh, in the church at the various levels. And what is the role and responsibility of the laity in that process? What is the role and responsibility of the clergy in that process that we've covered. Um, thank you, Dr. Morel. We've covered a part of that role of, of the, of the clergy in that, but what is the role um, uh, what's the process? Let's deal with the process. How does the process work? When I am elected as a delegate uh, to go to rep, uh, to 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 a conference session, let's keep it at conference level for now. Um, no, no, let, let's let's broaden it. Whether it's a conference session or whether I might be a lay person who's chosen, um, Elder Morell, you mentioned uh, we send lay persons to union sessions as well, et cetera. What is? How does the process work? What what am, what am I going to experience once I get there?
4: Yeah
3: let me let me make a, a quick quick run. John, talk to them oh, real quick.
4: All right, happy to do so for the limited knowledge that I have but I, I have served on the union executive committee and in that capacity went to the session in 2010, I believe it was. And so uh, it was a lot like what you'd see or uh, what I've seen uh, at occurring at the local conference session in that uh, from a large group with all of the delegates uh, assembled, a a nominated committee was selected and the nominated committee is that group then that goes into the room and I've never been there. So I assume that what they're doing there is making.
0: sausage. And so uh, what what they're doing there is what the prank. Yeah. I I still, you, 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 I lost your audio right when you said there, boom, and I lost the audio. they, They are making sausage. Oh, making <laughs> sausage. Okay. Sausage. Not, they were fasting and praying and singing hymns. <laughs> they fasting
4: and praying. You know, and, 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 so that's
0: what, that's what the manual contemplates
4: service. in the sense that uh, it is to be a thoughtful, prayerful process uh, where uh, they are considering uh, individuals who would then serve, uh, whose names would be brought to the constituents in the large delegation to make a decision regarding the uh, the fitness or, or, or whether or not they would be accepted for the office. And so, so the nominated committee is where a lot of the meat of the work takes place. And so there they are uh, discussing uh, uh, various uh, uh, the individuals' names, the various options uh, to present to the committee. And it's not unlike, and if I may, if it's not unlike at the local church level right. where the nominated committee is considering individuals' uh and their fitness to serve in a particular capacity. Okay, so so, 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 each,
2: so wait, before we go past the ball, so each level has this entity called the nominating committee. Is that right? Right.
3: They, right. They, 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 let, let, let me let me share the difference. Okay. Just joining the union um a few months ago uh, on the local conference level, you have what you call an organizing committee. The organizing committee come together to recommend the nominating committee. On the Union level, we do not have an organizing committee. Our Constitution and bylaws gives us the dynamic as to how to select a nominating committee. Same thing on the on the. Uh, division level, there are no organizing committee. The organizing committee works best for the local conference and the local church. Once you get beyond the local conference, the organizing committee, at least the two conferences that I've uh, unions that I've worked under, uh, we did not have any organizing committee. Uh, The bylaws dictated what the nominating committee should be like the number of the committee and their responsibility of the nominating committee. So that's the mark difference.
0: Okay, so so let's let's synthesize it again. Let's just repeat it back. Make sure that we've got it and that our audience is with us. So um, how this is organized? So you may be a delegate out of all of the delegates that are chosen from the individual entities to go to a session. Out of right. those number, there is a chosen set that will be a part of the nominating committee. That that group is no no the, no, no no no
3: okay. No. The, the, out, out of the the bucket of delegates, uh-huh. a group is selected to be the organizing, organizing committee.
0: committee. Right. Okay. Right.
3: and The, then the organizing, organizing committee. They come together. Now, what I've discovered, it varies from conference to conference. Right. Okay. Some <clears throat> conferences have the organizing committee meet six months before the session. Mm-hmm. They ha- and they and 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 those conferences. The nominating committee is not voted by the constituency session or voted at the constituency session. It's part of their bylaws that once the nominating committee select these individuals, they go to work immediately. Okay. data set for the nominee committee to meet, but a organizing committee is selected from the bucket of delegates. Each church is represented on the organizing committee. Okay, They select the number of individuals to serve from their territory to serve on the nominating
0: committee. Got it. Now, and you're saying that that's not necessarily a, a process that is used across the boards?
3: Right, because for Southeastern, for example, the organizing committee meet, I don't know if it's, it has changed, but they the used to meet- before. The, the night before, in fact, John, that, that came under us. We made that adjustment. Prior to that, the organizing committee met that Sunday morning. Mercy, yeah. And then they met, and then they recommended the nominating committee. And if you recall, the nominating committee didn't go to work until the president, secretary, treasurer did their report.
0: Wow, which is after
3: which is different now correct he said which now, is after devotion which is after
0: the sermon in the morning all,
3: exactly <laughs> exactly now there are conferences that um um the the once the organizing committee select the uh the nominating committee the nominating committee go to work they don't they, they, at southeastern they had to be voted by the constituents at the session Central States, for example, and I, I learned quite a bit just observing. Um, they did something else so unique. They sent their reports to the delegates, the a video and a written report. Um, the nominating committee met. Once they selected, they recommended who the president was going to be. We invited the president to sit in with the nominating committee. And he suggested to the nominee committee, his cabinet they accepted some they said no to others and you know but that was an a courtesy that they afforded the president the the incumbent president that has been now nominated because they could have gone to the session and the people could have said no so it it, it varies from conference to conference yeah. um i got another session of a conference coming uh, session that's coming up in 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 in, in july um and, and and they do their their process like southeastern the, the 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 organizing committee meet early but the nominating committee uh meet that morning of the session yeah. after it is voted by the constituents
0: So let's let's let let me let me jump in, jump in at this point, because part of this that as a as a local pastor, one of the things that I have consistently experienced and I say this, this is actual consistently everywhere I've been. When we come to nominate uh, or to elect delegates from the church, and I've been at at churches where we had like two or three delegates, other churches where we had 20-something delegates. We had lots of delegates, um, up to 30-something delegates. And every single time, the question that comes to me is this, well, who are we voting for? Who, what are the names that we're supposed to be considering to vote for? And in our system, at least in Southeastern, I have never been able to tell them any names because that's not how the process works. So for them, um, I can tell them, well, this is what I've heard. But that's even kind of scuttlebutt. There's no list. There's no official list. There's no, you hear that maybe so-and-so wants to be president. You hear that there's a group over here that wants this person to be the youth director or wants this person. There's no official anything. So And then when they show up to session, they never get to, the, the, when, when that nominating committee has, has been elected, they sit and they come out. They come out with one single name that those delegates may have never heard of. They know nothing about, especially if that nominating committee just met that day. So that nominating committee has not had time to say, here are the names that we have nominated. Here's a little bio. Here's a little information so that these delegates can make any kind of an informed decision. Because the reality is, is that most of the time in my experience, when I've had those, those individuals who you said not to send to session, uh, Elder Morrell, those uh-huh. are the delegates who always go to session. Why? Because the other type of delegates that you said that are the ones that need to come, that should be there, that have some knowledge and experience about what happens, those are the ones that, again, in my experience and in the experience of many of my colleagues, those are the ones who, when you're sitting in that church and you're nominating delegates, you call their name, they are the ones who look mm-hmm. us in the eye and kind of roll their eyes and laugh and say, I decline." 'Cause they don't want to be a part of it. They don't want because it 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 turns to be it turns out to be something we're saying they're going to vote and to elect people, but they, they they feel like they don't really have much to do with it. If they're not on that nominating committee, they don't get to discuss any names. They don't get to understand anybody's background. And that nominating committee may come out with a name from somebody from a whole different conference or a whole different field. And yet they're term they've got to vote yay or nay. And they might have somebody in mind. But if that name doesn't come up, it makes it very I I think it makes it very annoying for them to even want to be in the building.
3: Yeah. And
2: listen, (laughs) there's something on the chat here that says I think that members need to know who is running. And what the nominees plan to do to improve our conferences that's in the chat <laughs> yeah
0: and listen you you've got a generation now so so you i, I saw this comment earlier um this uh, uh george and, and george george is uh he's a he's a exer he, he um and and exers are right on the cusp of this thing when you get to millennials and, and and zers now who are you know zers? your oldest zers are like 20 in the 20s they don't care about these pro- these processes are annoying to them. They're like, why are we electing a committee to elect a committee to to do a committee? And 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 so I think so many times our process has so many of our young people and our and our bright ones kind of checking out. Um
3: how, he, here's, are we, here's, here's, yes. here's where perhaps they don't understand the process. The bylaws committee, in my opinion, is the most important committee on any conference at any conference,
0: wow. say it again, say it because
3: again, the bylaws committee is the committee. And I'm being very clear. That is the committee that actually dictate how things are to happen in the conference. The bylaws mm-hmm. committee, the bylaws committee does not answer to the executive committee. The bylaws committee answers directly to the constituents that's why their role is for from this from the end of that session to the next session, they may present some of the changes that they're going to make to the executive committee out of courtesy, but it is not for their approval or disapproval. So the bylaws committee is where. The, 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 changes that need to be made within those, that
4: process can be made. And you know, President Morel is right. We had some uh, vigorous discussion when he led as, uh, as chair of the constitution bylaws committee. I remember uh, vividly. In, in fact, um, the discussion regarding um, um, changes uh term limits actually was one of those things that, I really- um, that was decided mm-hmm. upon. But let me let me say this. Um, the the when we go back and 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 I understand I understand this desire to throw out process. Let me address that issue, uh Pastor Paul, that you talked about. The uh the process, the committee, and George asked it this way, why have a committee to elect a committee. The, the 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 alternative is that we from the floor with what 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 now is a group in Southeastern Congress, for example, is is like three to four thousand people. Mm-hmm. uh we decide who will go into the room that that, um, what is it about 20, 25 people who are who form the nominated committee. We're going to select from 4,000 a group of 25. and and so so then uh, imagine that um, really it's the name it's the first 25 people to the mic, essentially, Is how we determine who will serve on the nominee committee because otherwise, then we have to we have to um, allow people to say no to a name uh, and get into discussion about why this person shouldn't serve and so right so so I think from that standpoint, having the large organizing committee is designed so that we have a deliberative process that doesn't take place uh, in, in a open forum to determine who is best to serve to make this decision I understand it might seem redundant and okay. and, and duplicative but I think that's that's the rationale for it if yeah. that's the best way i i'm not arguing that but uh, but i but I think it's easy to understand why you would have that. That uh, level
0: built in. I, I will say this, I have seen exactly that happen at, at at a session. I won't say whose it is, but I only worked in one conference. Anyway, um, but but I have seen exactly that the first twenty-five people to the mic who said, This is this is how many people are gonna be on the okay, we're gonna take this many names. And <laughs> once we take this many names, we're gonna shut it off. So it was exactly right. that. The first twenty-five or whatever the number was, that was exactly how it worked. And I'm like, <laughs> What's that? Would you recommend that? Not at all. No. I mean, it takes more time. Certainly. Does it take more time? Yes. But does the but but you want people, especially generation in my generation, to gener- they want to be heard. They want to be, and, and if and if that's happening like that, that's why they're checking out. Somebody asked, what's the average age of the delegate? I could guarantee you it's not a lot of millennials that are showing up and wanting to come. But I would say this, based on yeah. what, what Dr. Morrell said, don't check out to, to our millennials out there. RZ's out there, don't check out. F- Learn what you're hearing today. You're hearing some great information about how the process works. Learn the process. Find a way to get in there. And once you get it, then you can change it. But you can't that's change correct. it from the outside. Well, I don't know. That's Sometimes correct. you can just blow something up. And then they say, look, we're just going to walk <laughs> away. And that's what <laughs> they the were saying. They're you're just going saying hey, hey, we can go and <laughs> do our so. own thing. So that's happening as well. Yeah. But for those of you yeah. that, <laughs> that <laughs> want to... Here's the other thing. Yeah, Here's
3: the thing that we need to pay attention to. We have to have a process. (laughs) We have to have a process. If we throw away the process we have, what do we replace it with? If there is no process, you're going to have chaos.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I understand the millennials. I understand they want to be heard. I understand what I say to them be part of your local church engage in your local church so that you can become a delegate so that you can be selected on the bylaws committee everybody's pushing to be on the exec, on the uh, on the nominating committee but i'm telling you the role of the bylaws committee is more critical because when you begin to look at the bylaws that is the document that actually tells you how the conference operates it is Absolutely. critical mm-hmm.
1: i i am totally excited to know that there is such detailed processes in how my church is organized i i, I mean i'm just blown away i think what has happened over the years is that we have not informed our members to these processes. Uh, you know, you say yes to Jesus. You have gone through Bible studies, 13 Bible studies. Matter of fact, there was a time when you would have to do 28 things before you can get baptized. You There was a whole process in getting baptized and becoming a member. And then, sadly, we would go and sit down after we become a member. There was no talk about bylaws. There was no talk about uh, um, organization, going to the delegate, going to the conference for, for session. None of this stuff was shared in the new members class. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we didn't even have a new members class. We we were just thrown into the Sabbath school class for new members, and that was it. And then we shuffled around in Sabbath school, and they chosen to be a... So I'm, I'm realizing there's a whole process behind understanding how our church operates. And, and again, I am just blown away um, by, by, by the, the fact of the lack of knowledge for our members. And even as a Pastor, um, as I shared, I share this all the time. We do well um, taking the word, breaking it down, passing the, the verb, um, making the application, but we don't do well in leading the organization and bringing members along with us where they become connected for life to an organization. Now, I'm, I might be I might be double speaking here because we really want them connected to Jesus, but but we need them to be connected to the church so that we can keep. The, the organization we believe that God has given us uh, alive and well and moving until he comes i i hope i'm saying it right but my my question is this i said all that to say this from your perspective um uh, Eter- attorney washington dr morel from your perspective are there any strengths and growth areas in the way constituency sessions are conducted um do you see um any any good or or are there any you know to to really Based on what we have talked about, if you look in the chat, you will see a lot of people are talking about bringing up ideas that are different from some of the things we have been talking about because of the generation we live in, because of the situation we live in. Are there, it, should we continue constituencies the way it is, or should we look for for look for look those strengths, use those, and the things that are deficient, move, remove them?
4: I think I think we have a real I think we have a real opportunity I think we have a real opportunity here not just in our not just in our the way constituency meetings and sessions are organized and conducted, but but really in our churches when we look at the big challenge to the Adventist Church it's the aging of the church and this and and we must and we must not uh, ignore. The challenges that we are experiencing or else we are going to become as uh, what's what's one of the watchwords for the PRT? Uh, Relevant. Yeah. We're we are going to be irrelevant. So if we don't hear the millennials and the, the X and the, and the Zs, uh, we, are, we are going to lose them. And that's not a new thing. So we've had generations of this dynamic where they turn 18, they don't have to come to church and they like me, A wander in the wilderness. Some make it back, not all do. So, so one of the things I would suggest then is that, that we inform about process. We, it's an additional, you know, not just, not just in the clandestine meeting that that the pastor doesn't have, uh, doesn't have with the delegates. But in a more open way, particularly among uh, the young people, that we engage them in the work of the church. And for those who take it up, for those who who show interest in it, we we talk to them about this and we groom them to prepare to serve in this capacity. We must give them a slice of the pie. We cannot just wait and assume they're gonna be around when we get ready to turn it over. And right. I think. I, hey, I let me,
3: let me interject something. What you're saying, John, yes. is, is absolutely correct, but there are two sides to that. Yes, as a pastor, I need to be um, astute enough to share with uh, the millennials. I got to be transparent. I got to share with them. On the flip side to that, I want the millennials to also want to ask the questions for me to be able to respond. If they're just gonna get upset and walk out and don't ask the questions and wanna be part of the process, there's really not much as a pastor that I can do. I want them involved. Now, you're gonna get some opposition the moment you try to bring a young person to be part of the nominating committee because the older folk are gonna feel as if they're being pushed out. So there has to be a balance so that you include the younger generation at the same time you maintain the older generation so that there is a transition of power so to speak that at some point the younger folk are going to be running the church they're going to be running the church and if we're not careful we're going to be at a point where the young folk have left the church and there's nobody else to take over so yes it is critical that we involve them in the process very good but they have to come to the table they have to ask the hard questions. They have to be willing to bite the bullet. You know, pastor, I need to talk to you. Go sit and talk to pastor and just straight up, pastor, how does this work? I want to be part of this. How do I get involved with this? Trusting that the pastor is open and honest enough to help engage this young person to be part of the process.
2: I, I, I can I, paint I, I mean, the picture
3: of the process in a negative way, I can also paint the process in a positive way.
2: Okay. I was going to ask this question, though, a follow-up with Raj, and very, very good you know, information that we're we're having today about these sessions and what takes place in it because it's very informative. And I think the more information that uh, we have, the better, uh, the more informed decision we can make. But as we look at the constituency session as it is now, what are some of those growth areas, even for those who are involved, even for those who
3: want to see change, what are the growth areas in the sessions that we've experienced so far. I got one for you and and John, you still on the bylaws committee, correct?
4: No, sir. They kicked me off of it. um...
3: I'm sorry to hear that man. But anyway, here's (laughs) one of the things that I have. We didn't do it in Southeastern. I don't know why it just never crossed my mind, but I've observed several conferences that they have an evaluation of the leadership The administration and the directors of the conference, those that are being considered as incumbents to be reelected, there is an evaluation. I wish we could have done that or established that in southeastern. There is an evaluation that is going to be done in mid America. Um, You weren't you weren't in mid America when at the last session right Roger. You came after this, right? So, but right. They, they have that in their bylaws. There is an evaluation. Several of the conferences in this division, they have an evaluation. Now, I'm aware that Southern Union has an evaluation.
4: Who's the evaluation for? Oh, oh. What's that? Sorry to cut across you. Who's the evaluation for? For the pastors or for the departmental men or whom?
0: What's being, so what's for the being evaluated? the departmental
3: men and the administration, those that are being considered for either re-election or you know that but it is for them and the and the the evaluation um and i'm still learning it um on the conference level it is governed by the union on the union level it is governed by the north american division just as the evaluation of pastors is governed by the conference so but evaluation um, is a document that assists the nominating committee and uh, uh, the constituents as to uh, they're informed that they've been evaluated and the summary of the evaluation is provided to the nominating committee Um, so that those that are being considered if if their evaluation summary says that they did lousy for the last four or five years, then that is something that the nominating committee may need to consider.
4: a so, real man, yeah. May I jump in here just to um, just for uh, uh, to remind you, perhaps, or you already you may remember that we had vigorous discussion at the yes. uh, Constitution Bylaw Committee that you chair about that very subject where is the evaluation of the pastors? And, and I don't mean to drop bricks here in the PRT, but where is this evaluation occurring so that we have some feedback that this is going well or this is an area for improvement? And I think having that at all levels available to the committees uh, is very important. Well, what uh, I've
3: learned about evaluation, evaluation was talked about in Southeastern. I was a young pastor, maybe about 15 years in the work. And the way it was presented, it was a document that was put together. It was very subjective, given to my church board. And I remember one of the questions says, Does your pastor have personal devotion? Well, that's foolishness. How are my members going to know whether I have personal devotion? Yeah. Very subjective. The document has to be very objective. It, 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 it does not need to go to every member, but the questions ought to be very objective so that you. And if you discover the weaknesses, it is meant to help the pastor. It is not meant to penalize the pastor. That's the fear with evaluation of pastors. I don't mean to get off the subject because it's been used to penalize pastors. The intent of an evaluation is to help grow the pastor if it's done properly. And it's got to be objective. Let's hear the word again, objective, not subjective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so for for me, since we're talking about, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. No, 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 no. I guess I would throw in there then. So what we're talking about a tool that would help a nominating committee be able to do their job more, more effectively or more accurately. But I'm also wondering, and I think somebody said something to that to, to this extent, do they should the administration or the conference put out uh, a a tool to help assess the viability or the effectiveness of the session itself? Um, Do do we collect that data um, about the process so that do we listen or do we hear back from our members, from our constituencies and our delegates as to their thoughts on the process of what we do. That's information that I think could be hugely beneficial to the bylaws committee who say, who determine how this thing works. Now, we know that every understand evaluation that. doesn't I miss
3: that. Okay. I missed that answer. So an Repeat
0: evaluation that. of the whole se- the process of the session so that have we ever asked our members asked our delegates to evaluate the effectiveness ah, the efficiency okay. of the process itself now we know mm-hmm. that an administration based on what you, you were sharing with us early administration of their own can't change the process, that's something that's generally written into the bylaws. But that sure. evaluation could be a great tool to a bylaws committee to be able to say, okay, well this is how our people are feeling about how this process works. Maybe we should uh, submit, uh, a, 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 what do we call that? An amendment or something to the bylaws to have them vote on changing this process so that it might be more um, more acceptable to our our, our constituency.
4: Let me let me let me address that in a couple of ways. I think um, that that the process is largely spelled out in the constitution and bylaws, and 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 changes to an organization's constitution uh, are done with much contemplation and deliberation. You don't know the constitution. Thank you, thank you uh, 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 for that interpretation. Uh, but the, but the fact is. The fact is, uh, you don't want your constitution to be changed weekly or monthly or, or even annually without having had this uh, this group have having thought put towards changes to the process. But but I do want to uh, speak in favor of uh, something that President Morell. Uh, talked about earlier, and I think it's resonating. I'm reading the the, the, the messages that are posted up in the chat uh, that would help. I think would be a large step towards a bringing uh, accountability, shedding light, and transparency on the process that that that, for all practical purposes, are really cloaked in in secrecy because people, the constituents, are largely ignorant about the process, and that is. Uh, if the union is conducting evaluation of the, the conference, if the conference is uh, uh, conducting evaluation of the pastors, one of the things I think a growth opportunity back to your question, a growth opportunity then is, um, is to uh, have uh, bios available for uh, individuals who may be under consideration. And we know that that the field is wide open. We don't have a list of candidates, and I don't know that we really want to turn this into uh, what we see in modern society in the secular world around us, where they run for office. You know, I, I've heard about that, but uh, but I do think I do think that at some level we need information to make an informed decision about who it is that's going to be selected to govern. Because uh, one of the questions in the chat was. Um, what happens when they veer from the constitution and bylaws right uh, these these leaders are elected to carry out the wishes of the constituency as expressed in the constitution and bylaws and if they set that aside with the with the assent of the executive committee then the constituents have no way to address that uh outside of a session which right now we're, we're extended beyond uh, when we would have had session, according to the, according to the bylaw. So, so I think I think more information is necessary. I think uh, sounds like in some places it's being made available, and we need that.
0: Yeah, good. I, I would say I know we don't have time to do it today, but but I I, I would love to, to 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 dive into that conversation because there is a, a significant I think I, I I don't know if it's but if a, a sector of our folk who are saying, well well why not do it like they do it in a secular society in in the sense of. I want to know who's running to be my youth director and I want to know what his agenda is or her agenda is. I want to know what they would bring to the table. When I go to a session and you just throw a name at me, I don't even know if that individual wants that job, has thought about that job, has, has any ideas or plans for that role. There There is a significant number of people who said, yeah, my decision is going to be based on what somebody I think they want to do. Not just what they might do, but have they thought through it? Have they? So I think that's a discussion that, and again, I know we don't have the time to jump into that today, um, but but Dr. Morell looks like he's ready. Uh, I'm, I'm
4: looking
0: at our point. clock. We got about nine oh, minutes wait, left. Wait,
2: wait. Hey, listen, we, we <laughs> yeah. do have a biblical precedent, though. In Acts chapter 1.
0: Oh, he came ready. Dr. We're Henry was ready for that. I didn't know.
2: <laughs> we're not ready for it. We're not ready for it. We're not ready. People are men of prayer, right? People were men of prayer. We're ready
4: for <laughs> Acts chapter 1. Yes, sir, we are. Yes, sir, we are.
2: <laughs> but, but, but no, the, no, no, no. But, but our time is running here, and I know that there's another question there, but I want to add this in here. Um, the constituency session, you know, is... It's such a, it's, it's a monster, really. You know, you get in there and it seems as if things are just running, things are just moving, and there's a lot of uninformed decisions that are made from the people that are sitting in the chairs. I mean, that's just the reality. The name comes out, and as you vote it up and down, and if it's, you know, so there's a lot of things in there. And even in the bylaws committee, which I agree with Dr. morell and, and Dr. Washington, it's the most powerful, I think, committee that a conference has, um, maybe the union too, uh, and so forth. But who runs the bylaws committee? You know, who's running that committee? I think Jesus. that's important as well. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said Jesus is running it. <laughs> because if, 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 I'm ru- if I'm a part of the, um, you know, the, the adcom, and I'm running that bylaws committee, then it's going to go a certain way. Um, Because I'm running or it's not going to go a certain way, but there is um, a higher chance of it going a certain way. So I think who's running these committees is very important. I think by by getting information out to the membership on a regular basis, I think it's important. Um, so I, I I do see a lot of a lot of growth areas in the constituency meeting, but then again, I think there's a lot of strengths, and I think you all mentioned that today, where you know we we st- we have a, a a program where it seems to be a fair process because you have a committee electing a committee. I think that's important. I think you uh, touched on that, Dr. Morell, um, and I think Dr. Washington he touched on that too. A committee electing a committee, uh, because if everybody just goes there. And everybody has a name, then you're gonna have a a lot of chaos. So I I like the committee involvement. The term but the the better term is recommend,
3: not elect.
0: We keep pretending okay. like we don't already have a lot of chaos. That we say that this would cause chaos. And get yeah, listen, anybody that I, so, I am shocked and surprised when we want to live stream our sessions and like what, we want everybody in the world exposed to this stuff, all of this chaos, and we already do it the way that we do it, and there's already chaos. We can't ignore that the fact that there's chaos. And every single one of you that's ever been at a conference constituency, including your wife, Doctor Morrell, said they don't want to be exposed. <laughs> to this That's chaos we're like it's like we're ignoring this great big old elephant and pretending that it's not there and it's right there already yeah. um let me, I, you I, you I, let, me strength, Tom, let me give you let me give a quick example
1: <laughs> let me give
3: you an example I attended the central states conference a couple of weeks ago you're talking about a smooth sailing mm. conference I was shocked and I had to tell the president I've never been in a session that ended while the light of day was still there. Every session that I've attended as a worker in Southeastern, we were into the wee hours of the night, but their session was very smooth and I watched it. I observed it and a lot of it had to do because they were putting information to the people. They were informing the people as to what they were doing. We got to the session, and again, the pandemic has created a, a monster for us, and the church wasn't even prepared for the pandemic, because everybody around the world is doing the exact same thing. We are pushing our sessions a year later, some a year and a half later, and it's not because we want to do it, but the pandemic says we got to do it. Okay, Southeastern is next year. Well, it wasn't because they wanted to do it, but the pandemic says y'all can't meet. Central states decided that they're going to have their session in person and their city and their state said it was okay. They had a great big tent, 60 by 200. The people social distance and sat. They, they fit everybody. Now, they had roughly about... Close to 400 delegates. It may not work in southeastern. Because last I recall, we had close to 13 to 1400 delegates. So it it all I'm saying is the process can be, but again, as I get off, as we get ready close, the bylaws committee is very very critical. The bylaws committee.
0: I, and as, I want hold on. As, as we close, that means we got about thirty minutes left. All right, go ahead.
4: <laughs> so, oh, about, <laughs> no, I'm we, we think, got about four I, minutes. I'll make my comment. I'll make my comments brief. I, I think uh, one thing I want to reiterate is that we must not ignore the comments from these young people. Yeah, that's good. We gotta quit doing that. And that's and correct. and to a person, it seems you can see across the bank that there's a lack of transparency there's a lack of understanding of process there's a lack of knowing who is who the persons are who these names are there's a lack of understanding what their qualifications are it's not you cannot make me believe in 2021 that there's no way for us to, to get information about who would be good for a certain role why aren't we why aren't we gift testing uh, workers why don't why aren't we gift testing so so you know we know the spirit gives gifts to to build up the work? Why is it why is it that we just go and, and the name that comes out is the only one we get to choose? I don't I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that, that we came to this forum to say what the answer is, but but I think that's an issue that we can address if we put our collective minds to it. The fact is that it seems that we are wedded through the process.
0: Yeah. And,
4: hey, listen, and-
1: you know, you know, you 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 just spoke a mouthful there and I'm just excited that you even brought it up because when I look across North America let's be honest, there are conferences do it differently. Uh, the Southern California Conference only comes to the session to elect the officers of the sessions, of the conference so the, only the president, secretary, and treasurer everyone else is chosen by the executive committee. Uh, there are conferences who, um, there, are, there are conferences who do, um, they select everybody. There are conferences who select some of the so it's done in many different ways. I love the idea of a gift base, but what about us grooming someone? I think the key, we, we put a lot of energy and a lot of responsibility on a president of a conference. And we really don't know if they have the giftedness or the or the even the skills to really lead an organization in these times that we're leading here. Why don't we, why don't we choose someone and over a five year period they gain the skills to take over as the. I know I'm talking heresy now. They gain the skills to take over as the next president. So when we get to the session, uh, we just we we know the name. We know what they're capable of doing, and we we, we validate the fact that we have we have we're going to put our organization in some capable hands. I I, I think that is something we need to. To, to really reevaluate because I'm scared every time I'm, ch- even me, I, when I'm chosen for a position, I, I, I'm scared because it's like, that's not what I really signed up for, but here I am, you know? <laughs> and I gotta make this thing work because everybody's expecting me to make it work as a leader. Help me be a good leader, that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So Raj, here's, I think, part of part of that challenge that I think a lot of people who look at this without having the, you know, I am born and bred Seventh-day Adventist. I'm a preacher's kid. I've been, you know, exposed to this all, all my life. Uh, but I think there are others who come and look at this with a different set of eyes. They see a, a young man or young woman um, go into college, uh, spend four years worth of money on, a, on a, a degree, go to seminary, and then they send a resume because they want to be a pastor. They want, they feel that they are called by God to pastor a local church. And and people are watching that and saying, well then what about that person that why can't a person feel called to be a education superintendent of a conference? Why can't they feel called to be a youth director of a conference? And the same way that that young man or that young woman pursues the call of a pastor by sending in a resume to a conference president or a conference committee or a personnel committee, why can't they do the same? And so people are looking at this thing through a whole different set of eyes than those of us who have been in this. We know this is the process that we are used to, but when we're asked to, to explain why we do it, The way that we do it, why can't somebody send it? Uh, We fall back on because that's not in the Constitution and bylaws. No, no.
3: And let me me interject that. I'm in full agreement if a person says that I feel called to be an educational superintendent. Nothing wrong with that. But I think if a person coming straight out of school, that person would need some experience. Yes, that, that is your desired goal but you got to have some experience. Yeah, And, and I'm not just talking why. about
0: coming out of straighting out of school. So you may have been pastoring for 15, 20 years and you feel called to be an education. Okay. So you may have been a principal or working somewhere else in education. Still the same thing. The, the the issue is not coming out of school. The issue is why can't I apply for that job or why can't I pursue it? Why does do. it have to and, be?
3: And I'm yeah. in mean full support of that because all I'm saying is, a person, just like a young man coming out of seminary, um, it didn't happen to me. And I thank God that it didn't. I was sent to work with your pastor, Anson. I I worked with your dad. I mean, with your dad. As an assistant pastor, I had to learn. I observed your dad. There are things I do today. It was as, as a result of having worked with your father. So that gave me a foundation. It's derelict. I come out of school and it put me in a district. I'm learning to do things my way. If I don't have the sense to ask and to learn, so education, uh, v- wanting to serve in a particular uh, uh, a field, and you you feel called to that, nothing wrong with that. However, there needs None to be some experience
4: to be able to go into that field. I agree, agree that experience and training are necessary, but we but we are not seriously undertaking the process of grooming. And I think we got we yeah. gotta do that. got to do it.
2: Yeah. Listen, I, I you know a lot of things are running through my mind as we're having this conversation. So when somebody comes out of seminar and says, you know what, I'm called to be the president
3: of this conference. <laughs> How are we nothing, going no, to no, no, know? no. Hey Dion, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Be- because be- because the, the Bible is clear, it is good to aspire to be a bishop. Nothing wrong with that. However, that is what you would love to be. You have to have some experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, that's—I don't—I don't think that's really what we're addressing, Elder Morrell. I think we would all agree okay. with that. What, and and I, I don't even know if it's experience. I, I take somebody with wisdom over experience every single day. Um, but th- that—that's not really what, what's being debated at this point. The, okay. the, the issue is is the process of how these individuals are selected to serve currently. That people there is no slate. George Washington was talking about there is no we, we don't have a process of those individuals of those names being in the pot. It's just this mysterious cloak and dagger smoking you know behind the things of how these names even get to be discussed to begin with. If anybody says they want to be this or that we look at them with the side eye. They're, you know, they're they're, they're politicking. They're this, that, and the other. And we have created this, this air of, of, of subversion uh, when somebody expresses that this is something that they feel called to do or wanted to do when we don't do that for the original role, which is the pastoral role. Yes, well, let me say this. The the process,
4: had, we have become slaves to process. Hmm. The fact is that the process should serve us. And when the process is such that our young people are turned away, they're turned off, they're not interested, they don't know how to engage, then then we don't we don't that process doesn't serve us well. Why don't we reevaluate the process in a way that allows for the Holy Spirit to speak through the gifts? examine the individual and then give them put place them in meaningful lines of service so that in five years we know that this person we were looking at these these individuals uh uh, who were who were in an education field or in communications or in youth work or these individuals who expressed an interest, who had passion, who showed by their resume what they did in the church growing up, uh, that, that they were interested in this kind of work. And, and, and then we, we, we don't just uh, uh, take it for granted. We are intentional about placing them in service. We are intentional about, about preparing them. We are intentional about giving them opportunities so that they can feel the weight of responsibility appropriate to their experience. Uh, and incorporate this into our process so we don't come to session blind. We know that right. we have uh, Pastor Wade, Pastor Henry, who, who have been working uh, for the last four years or five years between sessions in this particular line because they said they wanted it. And then and, and we've been observing them. And now we have objective evaluations that show, okay, well, you know, this brother was good in this area. This one was good in that area. This is the vision for this. I mean, we can get more information. And, I, and
0: I'm
2: sorry to be loud and, and verbal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if we have time for one more question, Raj. I'm not too sure, man. We're, we're running out of time. But Let's do it. Let's I like that in last there. question, in there. Roger. I mean, you want to ask that last At least no, listen. Let's get it. No, in. We got to ask that question. I'm going to ask that question. I got to ask go that ahead. question. Go ahead. I, I, go ahead, Dr. Dr.
4: Henry.
1: Uh, so let go me, ahead and ask it. Go
2: ahead. Let me go. go ahead. Right. And ask it. If, if there were, if there were two things that you can change about oh. the current electoral process within the SDA Church, what would they be? Two, two things. Just two. I said. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hey, wait, 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 wait! wait hold, on, hold on, hold on,
0: John. Because listen, we just like we did last week. i li- we'd like to extend this to our audience as well. Yes. For those yes. of you that are watching in the chat, we yes. want to know what two things you guys would along your answers alongside our guests today. So there were two things you could change about the process. We want to throw this out to both of our guests. John, you can go ahead and start.
4: Okay, I was going to defer to President Morell. Oh, <laughs> uh, giving, uh, uh, giving a nod to his experience, uh, but I'm certainly happy to respond. Doctor right Murrell. ahead,
0: John.
4: Thank you, sir. Um, so, so first of all, I, I, I just talked about some of the things that I think that how the process does not serve us well. Let's get let's let's find out who is interested. Let's pair the workers in their areas of of giftedness with their areas of interest. Uh, that's, that's, that's textbook on, on uh, what the Bible teaches about how the church is built up. That's how, that's how we are edified. That's how the work is built up. And so why we have this information and ignore it and our processes are, is beyond me. We can do this. We can do this. So let's, let's 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 make that a part of the process so when we come to session we haven't met in four years or five years I however long it been we haven't met we have some information about these information these individuals we have bios we have uh, evaluation i think that could easily i think that's low-hanging fruit to be honest with you in a way that we can improve uh in the way that we can pr- improve the process so that it's not just a name that comes out of a room and then the president tells us who all the departmental men are going to be. And I know I've grabbed the third rail here, but, 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 but it becomes, That's it,
0: becomes
4: a, uh, it becomes a uh, more open and transparent process so that, so now it, it's not like I got to come after you. I got to stalk you like a dark horse and and, and take you out. It's like, no, 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 I'm expressing my interest because I'm here to expand the kingdom of God. And I feel like he gifted me to do it. I'm passionate about letting me at it as opposed to, well, you know, they're going to go down there and they're going to make a decision and we'll find out later. And when the is elected, we can all leave because we know then he's going to tell us who the rest is going to be.
3: <clears throat> that is something I got to give some thought to. I have not uh, processed that, anything that I would change if I could. I'd have to give that some more thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. The process has been around for a while, and I'm sure there is some things that can be changed. But to say right now what can I, I wouldn't be able to share that right now. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and just based on some of the information that, that we shared earlier, that's a fair point. The reality is again, to ask that question, you would, you'd almost have to specify which process are you talking about in terms of which conference or, or which level of the organization, um, because they differ from, from the local church level um, to the local conference level, to the local union level. Um, There are all depending on where you are. There's certainly different modalities that are used, different processes that are used there. Um, so listen, um, man, we really appreciate I know we got into some weeds a little bit, but we got into some, some good stuff. But what we do hope for our audience, we do hope that you have learned something, that you have been uh, inspired to learn more um, uh, than what you knew when you joined um, our broadcast today.